It's TechBiter Worldwide with Bill Flynn. The latest on programs and policies, helpful hints, and a bit of occasional nonsense. All in more or less plain English. Podcast number 846 for the 25th of August, 2023. This week, disk partition managers are essential tools for technicians, but they can also be useful for any computer user. Third-party partition managers include more features than the one that came with your computer and might be free. In short circuits, the Employee Retention Credit Act was established at the height of the COVID pandemic to help businesses that paid their employees while the operation was shut down. The Internal Revenue Service warns about scammers who are now using the ERC to defraud companies. Developers of the DuckDuckGo search engine are working on a browser, and it's currently available in beta for Windows and Mac OS computers. And 20 years ago, only on the website, in 2003, some said the Internet would save humanity. Others said the Internet is evil and will destroy us. Did we ever get that sorted out? It's easy to think of a disk partition manager as a tool used only by hardware wizards. After all, what regular user would ever need such a powerful tool? The answer may surprise you. And if you do need a partition manager, do you need more than the disk management console that's a built-in part of Windows settings? Windows includes the disk management application that can be used to define partitions, create logical drives, format drives, change drive letters, and more. But that's not always enough. You may think of a partition manager as software that creates, resizes, merges, and deletes partitions on a hard drive. Well, that's accurate. The description covers much of what the Windows Disk Manager can do. But some disk managers do a lot more. Partition managers are available for Windows, Mac OS, and Linux. But I'm going to limit this discussion to the utilities for Windows. There are two partition managers that I'm comfortable recommending, both with free and paid versions, and I'm going to limit this article to the AOMI Partition Assistant, but you might also want to take a look at the ESUS Partition Master. I have used both, but when AOMI offered a combination deal that included its backup application and the partition manager, I accepted it. My primary computer has a built-in solid-state disk drive and several other drives that are connected via USB. That is likely one of the reasons the Windows Disk Manager takes so long to start, usually around 39 seconds. Windows 11 offers disks and volumes in settings, and it opens in about 5 seconds as part of the new settings console. Its interface is significantly different from any other partition manager I've ever seen, though. And that's one of the reasons that I prefer the AOMI Partition Assistant. And by the way, it opens in about 5 seconds. If your computer has just a single disk, you might not need a partition manager for the basic functions of creating, resizing, merging, and deleting partitions. The computer manufacturer will have taken care of that for you. But if you want to replace the disk with a solid-state drive or a new larger drive, most third-party partition managers can perform the cloning process. And after replacing an old disk drive, you might want to sell the old disk. Just 
Deleting the files and directories is insufficient. You probably already know that. Using the Partition Manager's disk wipe function makes the old data virtually impossible to recover. Now, if you're the subject of an investigation by the National Security Agency, they might still be able to recover at least some of the files after you use a disk wipe application. The only way to ensure that data is really gone involves physically destroying the drive, and then only if the data hasn't been backed up to another device or cloud-based service. If you want to be sure that your financial records are unreadable when you sell an old disk drive, using a wiper function is more than adequate. Some of a partition manager's functions are destructive, so it's unwise to start a partition manager and then experiment with the functions just to find out what they do. Treat any disk partition manager the way you treat a band saw. Used with care, a bandsaw can make intricate cuts in wood. Used carelessly, it can remove a thumb, a finger, or a hand. AOMI Partition Assistant Standard, that's the free version, includes the ability to create, merge, check, format, clone, delete, resize, hide, unhide, and move partitions, initialize and clone disks, perform a surface test, rebuild the master boot record, change the drive letter and label, and set the active partition. That's a lot of power in a free application. AOMI Partition Assistant Pro adds the ability to split a partition, allocate free space, align partitions, and change the disk's serial number. It also includes command line partitioning for those who prefer to work from the command line. So let's look at a few specific cases in which you'd use a partition manager. Let's say you're installing a new disk. That's the activity most people will need to use a partition manager for. A physical drive can be partitioned to appear as more than one logical drive. So you might have a four terabyte device and you'd like to use one terabyte for the operating system and applications, and you'd like to use the remaining three terabytes as data drive D. After creating a partition on a physical drive, you need to format it. Partition Assistant supports NTFS, FAT32, Extended FAT, and the extended options that are typically used by Linux, the EXT2, 3, and 4. Next, you might use a partition manager to resize a partition. You decide later you'd like to modify the partition sizes. Partition Assistant can handle that. Maybe you decide the C drive really should be 1.5 terabytes and the D drive should be 2.5 terabytes. To accomplish that, you would first reduce the size of partition D and then increase the size of the partition for drive C. Another popular use, send in the clones. Partition Assistant can clone an entire physical drive or logical drive. If you replace a mechanical drive with a solid-state drive to improve the computer's operation, you need to move everything that's on the boot drive to the new drive. The copy process cannot handle that because there are hidden files and partitions on a Windows boot disk. Partition Assistant makes migrating the operating system easy. And my final example, protecting private information. When you give a computer or disk away or you sell it, just deleting files on the drive doesn't really eliminate files that were on the disk. The information is still there and it can be reconstructed. Use the file shredder function. It will obliterate the data. So should you pay for a partition manager? The standard version is free and it includes all of the essential features. 
The professional version costs $50 and adds a few nice-to-have features. Aomi also has a disk backup application called Backupper. It has a free standard version and a professional version that also sells for $50. There is a never-ending discount that the website shows as being good for 24 hours only. Well, actually, the deal is good forever. The price for the combined disk backupper and partition assistant pro is a decent deal. Additional details are on the AOMI website. You'll find a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website. I also mentioned ESUS Partition Manager, which is also a good choice. Information is on the ESUS website. You'll also find a link to that on the TechBiter Worldwide website. And you'll find that there are similar prices and deals there. If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, might you consider a donation? There are no ads here, and support from listeners is the sole source of income. It's easy. Just visit the website and click the Donate button near the top of any page. You can make a one-time donation or schedule a repeating donation every month. I thank you. And so does the cat. In short circuits, the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC, is a refundable COVID-era tax credit for employers that kept paying employees while shut down because of a government order or that suffered a loss of income during the pandemic. Apparently, it is still possible to claim a credit now, but the IRS warns that scammers are using this to defraud companies. Consider this address, 1317 Edgewater Drive, Number 2107, Orlando, Florida. Does that imply to you that the company located there is on the 21st floor of a possibly prestigious high-rise office building? Well, that address is in fact located in a single-story building, and the sign on the front of that building says physicaladdress.com. Physicaladdress.com is a virtual address and virtual mailbox service with locations on Wall Street in New York City, Las Vegas, Atlanta, Dallas, and elsewhere. That's the address of ERC Provider, and I quote their own description here, a team of professionals dedicated to maximizing the employee retention credit for small businesses affected by COVID-19. The company's website says they have helped our clients obtain over $400 million in credits and counting. Now, it seems to me that such a company would not have a mailing address at a mailbox service, but that doesn't necessarily mean the email is a scam. It also doesn't increase my confidence in the company. The Better Business Bureau has no record of ERC provider. Neither does the Orlando Chamber of Commerce. Now, it seems to me that a company that has helped our clients obtain over $400 million in credits would be a member of at least one of those organizations. So what does the Internal Revenue say about it? The IRS website cautions that scammers and unscrupulous promoters continue to run aggressive broadcast advertising, direct mail solicitations, and online promotions for the credit. The IRS also says anyone considering claiming the ERC should carefully review the specific eligibility requirements. Eligible employers who need help claiming the credit should work with a trusted tax 
professional because the credit can be claimed only by eligible businesses and tax-exempt organizations that had employees during the specific time period. Specifically, the IRS warns about certain scam techniques, and here's their list. Unsolicited calls or advertisements mentioning an easy application process. Statements that the promoter or company can determine ERC eligibility within minutes or before any discussion of the employer's tax situation. The employee retention credit is a complex credit that requires careful review before applying large upfront fees to claim the credit, fees based on a percentage of the refund amount of ERC claimed, promoters telling businesses to claim the ERC because they have nothing to lose. Those who improperly receive the credit could have to repay it along with substantial interest and penalties, and promoters telling businesses to ignore the advice of their trusted tax professional. So, the IRS says promoters may lie about eligibility requirements. In addition, anybody using these promoters' services could be at risk of someone trying to steal their identity or use the information to take a cut of improperly claimed credit. Is the example I've shown on the TechBiter Worldwide website a scam? I simply don't know. There certainly are some caution flags but it could be legitimate, and that's why it's important to follow the Internal Revenue Service's recommendations to verify the company you're working with is legitimate. Creators of the DuckDuckGo search engine are working on a new browser. It's available right now in beta. So you're probably thinking, well, that's just what we need, another browser. We already have Chrome and all the Chrome variants such as Edge, Vivaldi, Brave, several versions of Opera, and more. There's Mozilla Firefox. And there's Apple's Safari based on the discontinued KHTML engine developed by the KDE project. So why do we need another browser? Do we need another browser? The DuckDuckGo private browser emphasizes security, but then so do all the other browsers. Being in beta, the Duck browser, and I'm going to call it that from now on to avoid having to say the DuckDuckGo private browser every time, well, it has a limited number of settings, just one short screen compared to Vivaldi's enormously long series of screens with every setting imaginable. I like having control over what a browser looks like and how it works, so Vivaldi has been my default browser for now maybe about a year now. Still, I like the direction the Duck browser is taking. There is one significant shortcoming, though, and it is a deal-breaker for me. Currently, there seems to be no way to install extensions, and I depend on a lot of extensions, from 1Password and Social Fixer to print-friendly and JXL support. The Duck browser is based on Chrome, so it should be able to take Chrome extensions, but visiting the Chrome Web Store offers no option to install extensions in the Duck browser. Extensions are promised for a future release sometime. If you're looking for security, though, keep your eye on the Duck Browser. 
maybe even install the beta and use it occasionally. Search and browsing are private and more secure. The browser automatically responds to cookie pop-ups that many websites use now. It adds privacy and better playback to YouTube videos. And maybe the most interesting feature, the history burner. There's an icon shaped like a flame in the upper right corner. Click it and you'll close all open tabs and clear the list of recently visited sites immediately. The developers say the Duck Browser uses less than half the data that Chrome does, in part because of its built-in ad blocking system. The ads are removed, and so is the white space that most other ad blockers leave. There's also a secure password manager, but I'm going to stick with one password for that task. The ad blocker may cause some sites to malfunction. For example, I visited the Atlanta Journal-Constitution website, but access was blocked. Turning the ad blocker off is easy, and the change is remembered, so you don't have to turn it off every time you return to a site that blocks access if its ads can't be shown. The Duck Browser is well worth trying. It is, of course, free, and you can download it for Windows or Mac computers. You'll find links on the TechBiter Worldwide website. You can use the Duck Browser or any other browser to check out 20 years ago on the TechBiter Worldwide website. This week, we look back to 2003 as the argument raged over the Internet. Was it good or evil? Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide. I'm Bill Blinn. There's more on the website, techbiter.com, and if you have a question or a comment, use the contact link you'll find there. Stop by again next week for another session.